Hi, I'm Allison Hess. And I'm Marta McDonald. Welcome to the Thousand Islands Playhouse Podcast. Dive in with us as we talk to the artists of the 2023 season and get a behind-the-scenes peek at the seven fantastic shows happening this summer. Don't forget to tune in to give your ears a front-row seat. See you you at the theater. Welcome back to the 2023 season of the Playhouse Podcast. We're recording today on the ancestral lands of the Haudenosaunee and Anishinaabeg peoples. We are in the My FM studio, which looks out on the St. Lawrence River, surrounded by the beautiful Thousand Islands. My name is Allison Hess. And I'm Marta McDonald. Thank you for joining us for the sixth episode of the 2023 season. In today's episode, we're talking about an enchanting tale of love and loss, following dreams, and walking away. Uh, wait, uh, um, wait, wait, no, no, no. What, what, we aren't discussing wants? Oh, well, yes, but you're not Marta. Uh, Marta's working at TIFF this week and isn't able to join us. Oh, right. Well, I'm Tyler Check, oh. and I play Guy in Once, actually. Oh. And I'm Chris Barillaro, and I'm the music director for Once. Oh, welcome. Yeah, that got really confusing for a second there. So confusing. Sorry to our listeners. You must have been like, oh, Marta, you've changed. <laughs> It felt so. It felt so good. I love. I love Marta and Miss her dearly. So I just wanted to, you know, step into the role a little bit. Perfect. Well, thank you two for joining us. Uh, as you just heard, Chris is the music director for Once, and Tyler plays Guy, not Guy. You're not French. No, yeah, exactly. You could be. That's could kind be. of a new take on it. Yeah. I could get you get you to help me out. Maybe we a bit of français. Uh, so thank you, too, for joining us in studio today. And as Tyler slash Marta mentioned, uh, we are discussing Once, uh, which is a Tony Award-winning best musical about a Dublin street musician who spends his days fixing vacuums and his nights playing music in local pubs. On the verge of giving up music altogether, he meets a woman who takes a sudden interest in his haunting love songs. If that doesn't yeah. sell it to you, I don't know what will. I want to go see it. That's yeah. it. I mean, Absolutely. I get to watch it, which is great. <laughs> which is awesome. Every night. Uh, but before we jump in, we always like to get to know our guests a little bit better. So for Chris, you actually were here at the Playhouse. This is not your debut. You were here in 2019 for Anne of Green Gables. And you also music directed You Are Here. I orchestrated it, actually, orchestrated which was really it. fun. I didn't get to stay in Gann that time, though. I was here for like two days for two band rehearsals. And then I got to see the show in the run, but I did most of my work at home in Montreal. That's amazing. And for our audience, what what is a bit of the difference between like being a music director versus someone who's doing orchestrations, like an orchestrator? Yeah, sure. So uh, an orchestrator is someone who takes the composer's music. And in this case, it was a brand new musical. So there were no parts written for uh, musicians yet. Oh, cool. The composer had created a piano vocal score, which is basically just a piano part with the vocal lines. And then our job as an orchestrator is to come in and sort of like color it. Like if you imagine that the composer makes a sketch and then like the orchestrator has to come in and like color it in and like in a coloring book and make it pretty (laughs) and choose which instruments play and um, all of that versus a music director who takes the material that's already created and uh, puts it together, whether that be vocal parts or orchestral parts or a little bit of both like in this show. Uh, We're just sort of... Like a director is to a play, we we're, we do the same thing with the music for a show. Oh, that's that's amazing. And uh, I think educational for our audience because I think we think, oh, there's the music. And, right. and then they play it, right? <laughs> exactly. But, you know, some people who compose might not 
understand all the different instruments. So Yeah, then it does tend to happen a lot, in fact, that it's a separate job. There are some composers who like to do both, but um, more often than not, it's it's really is two separate jobs. And then throwing in an arranger, and that's a third thing right. as well. Right, yeah. oh, Amazing. Uh, and I also, I was looking through your bio, and you were based out of Montreal, right? I am indeed. Uh, and so, so many cool things that you've done down there. But one thing that really stood out to me, and I had talked to one of our performers from um, Sound of Music, the uh, the Belsur, the musical, as well as the French version um, that ran the, uh, which, can you tell us a bit about what that was like? Because that was a, a brand new musical, the French version, and then they you know, translated it, and but it, but it would be different in English, uh, right? It was, it's not it's, just a direct translation. No, it's, it's fascinating. So, of course, it's a play that was written by, by Michel Tremblay yeah. in the 60s, and, like, huge works played all over the world, and, like, I, I, I might be misquoting this, but I feel like it's, like, 40 languages or wow. something is what I remember hearing. It's uh, uh, incredible. And in 2010, René Richard Cyr and Daniel Bélanger decided to collaborate on making a musical theater version in French, which was really was like one of the first théâtre musical in that it wasn't just like a concert. It really was the songs mm -hmm, were mm -hmm. like helping to move the story along. Uh, in any case, that was a huge hit in French, and then it was adapted at the Siegel Center um, into an English musical, but that was actually, funnily enough, by the same team that did You Are Here. It's oh. Neil Bartram and Brian Hill. Amazing. Who uh, adapted the René Richard Cyr and Daniel Bélanger version into a new English version that uh, had a great life and like toured. We did Four Cities, which was really great. And then something happened, and then the pandemic. And then, well, actually, before that, then I then there was a remount of the French production, oh, wow. and I hadn't worked on the original French one, and I got to step in and do the new version of the French musical, right? Too. So I like spent something like four to five five years with that show. Amazing. Yeah. We had, we spoke to, we spoken with Marsha Tratt. Oh my who gosh, was, I love Marsha Tratt. Yeah, she was in Sound of Music, so she, we spoke a bit about. Uh, if you attended our doc talks, we spoke a bit about her experience in the in the English version, yeah. and it just sounded amazing. She's so, amazing. Yeah, she is <laughs> amazing. Well, thank you, Chris. Um, Tyler, you're actually from Kingston. I am indeed. So kind of not quite hometown, but close enough. Close enough. Absolutely. You still get the uh, the hometown vibes for sure. And I used to spend lots of time always seeing things at the Playhouse and spending time in Gans. So it's amazing to be back. Amazing. Sure. And it's kind of wild to think like you grew up in Kingston and you're a performer and an artist. But last year was your debut at TIP. You were in Jersey Boys with us. Yeah. Uh, so it's kind of wild that like you'd spent so much time here. And then last year is the first time you were here. So. Well, definitely. Welcome definitely. back. So, so happy to be back. I mean, I immediately like came into town and was like, oh yeah, this, I love this. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously I'm biased too, but Gananoque is lovely. Um, you've done uh, a lot of the kind of musician, musicals, buddy, Jersey boys, but something that I would love to talk just a bit about is uh, you're interested in some of these D&D &D shows that you've been doing. So Tyler, uh, like I've I've looked a little bit about it, and if anyone out there knows about D and D, it's an amazing kind of role playing fantasy game with twenty sided die, and it's pretty awesome. But you've kind of taken it and made it into an interactive 
performance. Can you talk about that yeah, just a little course. bit? I mean, I was hoping you'd. I, I definitely uh, <laughs> I can't come on the podcast without talking no, about D&D when we did that episode back in the pandemic and chatted about it. I really love that. Um, yeah. So, like, honestly, from there, it just became a thing where as the world started to open up a bit and we were able to do things again, it was like, okay, so I found this love for Dungeons & Dragons during the pandemic. What do we do with that now? Because people aren't available for games all the right. time. You know, things. I think anyone who's played under, can understand that. Not that anyone wants to go back there, but that nostalgia for the time we could be like, okay, same time next week, and everyone was available. Right. Um, so that just became getting those artists and those people who, just the circles that I run in, it's a lot of performers um, together and being like, what could this look like as a, a show? And actually, huge shout out to the Kick and Push Festival in Kingston mm-hmm. uh, for giving us the space and the opportunity to come down to Kingston uh, and do this first production of this show, Role Models, an improvised Dungeons and Dragons role play um, in kind of the downtown park. Um, So that was really fun to get kind of initial things there. And then from there, we've moved it to inside venues, uh, kind of comedy clubs, uh, bars, little performance spaces like that. So it's just a a little almost traveling band of people now. There's been a lot of different casts that have done it. Um, and it's something that whenever we're able to in a city, we try and run a, a show. Hopefully, I mean, stay tuned. There might be one in Kingston at some point while we're here. Oh, it's amazing. And it's kind of like, you know, improv, but a combination of improv with narrative. Is that kind of how it is? Yeah. So the, the improvisers on stage would kind of like portray the characters that have been built, but the characters that have been built were created by audience members oh, and the decisions cool. are made by. So I would... As the DM or the dungeon master would ask the audience members what they would like to do, they would roll for it, and then whatever happens from there is played out by the actor. So it's a, a back and forth, and really it's just trying to get as close as we can with a full room of people being able to share in that Dungeons & Dragons magic together. Amazing. That's awesome. Yeah, so keep an eye out at that in Kingston, potentially. Absolutely. Amazing. Absolutely. Uh, so I'm going to pivot a bit to Once, which is why we're here, um, which is based on a movie of the same name from 2007, which some of our audience may know some of the songs. I think one of their songs won uh, Best Song at the Oscars in 2008. So uh, a transition from film to stage. But I, I don't, I'm not going to talk too much about it, but I love Once. And it, it's a really interesting musical because we, you know, we did Sound of Music earlier this season, which we call a book musical. The songs are written to kind of forward the plot um, and to get into the headspace of where the characters are. And then you have something more like Jersey Boys that has a plot and a story, but the songs already exist. And this one's sort of kind of almost in between. Um, so I'd love for you guys, someone to talk about kind of how how would you even describe what kind of musical once is that's a great question mm. it's definitely unique i think i i try and think of other shows that are are like it i'm sure there are other ones mm. out there this is my first show like this that mm-hmm. i've that i've done that's a bit off the out out of the ordinary in terms of its structure and in this because like tyler's character guy and girl are actual musicians there's music that's happening that is like diegetic it's part of the the story right. it's actually happening right versus like there are some most numbers in other musicals are what you'd call non-diegetic so they don't actually happen right it's you know it's happening in, people's in their heads, minds yeah in their minds but in this case i think is all of the music like actually happening live? I think so. I'm still obsessed with diet. What was that word again? <laughs> That's from my uh, that shout out to my uh, McGill uh, music class. I had one on like film yeah. film scoring or something. Yeah, McGill. So, I pl- oh, you went to McGill too. M- McGill Music Man. No That's way. Oh, nice. Yeah. 
But um, yeah, diegetic means it's like part of the story and like That's actually amazing. actually happening. So yeah. like if you saw Jersey Boys last year when the Four Seasons are rehearsing a song and they're singing it, that's diegetic, right? Absolutely. It's it's happening in real life versus, you know, Maria singing I have confidence that she's sort of singing that kind of in her head and not everybody else knows that she's singing it, right? It's not yeah. happening in the real world. Exactly. Yeah. What is neat about once um is that of, of course, like Tyler's character is actually playing, but he's being supported by the other mm-hmm. 10 members of the company sometimes who aren't supposed, like their characters aren't necessarily actually playing instruments. Mm. They are like supporting him in terms of community through their instruments rather than like your dad's not sitting there <laughs> actually playing you know the mandolin in a number he's he's it's just like a supportive so it's almost like a little bit of a combination yeah almost and i know i i sat in on one rehearsal and there was a lot of discussion in that first day uh talking through the songs and what is this song and whose kind of heart song is it and and how does it like there's a lot of conversation not just like okay and now he plays a song but the actual meaning behind it and where it puts you in the story versus some of the other characters yeah I think this is and I know I've brought this up to Chris before we've kind of had chats about it I think it's really special and it's cool that we kind of started this off with you talking about orchestrating and arranging and stuff because there's some ways where this is very much that kind of style of like they're aware they're playing the songs. He's a song- singer songwriter, so it's just kind of his tunes. Mm-hmm. Um, but the arrangements and what instruments play what lines and what melodies throughout the the show, it really feels in that sense that there's like no fluff. There's nothing that is just a strumming guitar for the fact that like let's throw a strumming guitar right. on that, which might lean you more towards that. And I wouldn't even say Jersey Boys because that's such a well-written show yes. as well. But some of those shows where it's a pop song, so you're playing a pop tune, these might be um, more singer-songwriter songs. But there's a very specific reason why that piano is doing that little line or that violin hits that line. And then the mandolin plays that line in a different part but at a different time. Um, that's almost giving, like, dare I say, Sondheim vibes right. of, like, every melody being important and being uh, a part of telling the story. And almost like... The instruments are characters as well. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. It's oh, like there's cool. something that happens when uh, I mean, even in I'm not giving away too much because no. it's within the first yeah. two scenes. When when the two of you are playing, falling slowly, it just starts with piano and guitar, and then there's an amazing moment where like you know one violin comes in, oh, cool. then a second violin comes in two bars later, and then the cello kicks in two bars later, and then everybody comes in with the bass. Yeah. And, like, all the guitar strumming. And it just, like, takes the, like, whatever feeling you're having. as a, I mean, as someone who's on the outside listening, it definitely helps transport you as an audience member. Yeah. And it feels like you don't even have to, like, as an audience or when you're experiencing it or even just hearing it around me for the first time, you don't necessarily need to know right then why it's that instrument at that point. Uh, but you know there's a reason. Yeah. Like, and you could go deep. It's the same with there's such an economy of uh, language in this show as well with how they use text that, like, they're not always saying everything, but every line is just so necessary. Uh-huh. It just, uh-huh. It's just boiled down to what's critically there and, and so much underneath that you could. I'm. It makes a lot of sense that you would walk in to us having that conversation because there's so many of those conversations to be had in this room about right. about it. There's such a wealth of of information there to explore. Right, not just surface level. Absolutely. You're you're in there being it's such a great feeling to finish a day of rehearsal and be like, yeah, I could go deeper tomorrow. Like That's absolutely. Awesome. There's still gonna be some more to learn. 
That's if awesome. You, if you want another little tidbit, the opening Always. number is called Leave. And, uh, you know, t- Tyler's character guy is supposed to be busking, and he's out there, and he's feeling kind of, you know, maybe not so great about his his place and how music relates to his life and everything. He's in a sad boy era, for sure. Sad boy era. <laughs> sad boy guy. Yeah. So he starts busking, and then, you know, the community behind him comes in five bars later, but basically the chorus is him saying, leave, get out go away and the orchestration drops out on him saying you know you're already gone and everyone's gone and he's alone like stuff like that there's so many beautiful so very really thoughtful yeah yeah amazing and uh, i'm sure our audience has kind of gleaned but uh another difference about this musical compared to something like sound of music is there isn't it like really a pit band uh right every the everyone on stage sings and acts and plays multiple instruments he and, talk, dances. and dances yeah. with their instruments so can you talk a bit about what that's what is that like to rehearse like how do you even get started um maybe a tidbit on like who plays the most instruments and uh, a great starting point is to have an incredible music director ah uh, yes lead on the festival Tyler. and we did so we were off to a good start so sweet that's very kind. I, I really did, because it's so different for me, I'm a bit of an over planner. So I spent like, I think the last two months just planning, how do you rehearse this type of right. show? And because in like a typical show, just if you don't know, like we, you have your, your band or your orchestra and they rehearse separately. And then you have the music director who basically plays piano and the singer sing and you learn all the singing. And then, you know, closer to the start of the show, that's when you finally put everyone together in like a sits probe, right? Where exactly. it's like, okay, now we're putting the band and the singers together. But that's not how, we, how you're doing this, right? Well, in this case, we had, you know, we did a first day of table work, went through the script, chatted, uh, chatted about themes in the show, chatted about characters and what. Uh, what's important with Julie, our director. And uh, on day two, we started placing vocals, which is what we would do normally mm-hmm. on uh, on any musical. And then spent a whole day on vocals just to make sure everyone was comfy. Although we got Tyler and, uh, and Melissa, who's playing girl, in playing their instruments right away because they're amazing. Uh, <laughs> and then on day two, everyone was so... Or day three of that, everyone was so excited to grab their instruments. Oh, amazing. And we finally did, like, band rehearsal with the cast. And I had said, you know, folks, you don't have to sing yet. We're going to focus on the instruments. But, of course, everyone was already jumping and singing. Of course. Because they're a fantastic group of people. But those were the steps. We sort of did just vocals, then just instruments in theory, but we really started singing right away. And then the next level was adding Julie's staging and doing some dancing with those instruments as well. And there's, like, a cello. So like oh, yeah. someone's There's moving a dancing cello. A dancing cello. Amazing. And and like it's all memorized as well, right? You yeah. know, like oh, again, gosh. like a pip band will have their music in front of them and obviously the, the singers are always rehearsed and memorized, but to have all of those elements on stage memorized, like how's that been for you, Tyler? There's definitely, um, I think, in, and I, I would love to hear um, some of the incredible people that kind of support, like get to support in a lot more of their songs, their opinion, like what the cello is feeling about that and the violin. But I know for myself, there's a an ownership that like comes from it. Like mm-hmm. I know Chris and I got to spend a really awesome morning together. I can't remember if it was day two or day three. Uh, on day two, where I got the two from Chris with the hands. I appreciate it. <laughs> um, but uh, like... In a, we never really kind of sat down and like plunked out the melodies. Chris was just awesome and just kind of was like, "You want to just do it?" Like we just played through the songs, guitar and voice at the same time, and kind of 
molded them and talked about them and shaped them together. Uh, and what you get is like, like I don't really know if I ever looked at like the melody line right. of Leave, but it's Guy's song. He wrote it. So like that feels good. There's right. like an ownership of that that I think is really nice. Um, and then I'll also go to bat for, and I did not expect this until I got on stage for the show because where this differs from, say, a Buddy Holly story or other shows that I've played on, it's mostly electric instruments, mm-hmm. electric guitar, electric bass, those kind of things, which have stationary sound sources like amps and things like this. This being mostly acoustic instruments, like the sound literally like swooshes around on stage oh, because cool. the violin and the cello aren't just in one place the way you would hear an orchestra or a pit, they're dancing around you and the acoustic piano is being moved while it's being played. Like you don't get to hear music sonically done like that a lot. Uh, And I think even though it will be amplified in, in the space, in the gorgeous Springer theater that we're going to be in, um, there's still going to be that realness. The sounds are still going to cut through from the stage. And I think people are going to feel like they're just really in it. And hopefully they have a bit of an ownership of that as well. Amazing. And who plays the most instruments? Uh, that's a good question. I think it's Daniel. Yeah. It's probably Daniel. Juno might be a sleeper agent with the Oh, yeah, with the, the melodica melodic and the harmonica. But I think Daniel's playing cajon, tambourine. He plays piano for a number. He's playing guitar. Wow. Act two. He's playing mandolin a couple of times. I think he's the winner. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, to just speak to, like, give Daniel some credit, like, everyone is so talented and so, like, with it in this that, like... I didn't know that. And Daniel's like not making a point being like, I'm playing so many instruments. He's just like effortlessly moving through it and giving. It's gorgeous. It's awesome. Oh, and ukuleles. Oh, and ukuleles. He plays six. Six Some of them at the same time. Yes, yeah. uh, he plays cajon and ukulele at the same time. And then cajon and tambourine at the same time. Wow. With the price of admission right there. Come on. That's, that's amazing. Uh, and then just as the cherry on top, you're all doing accents. Yes, we are. <laughs> yes, we are. <laughs> Yeah, and two different ones. That's yeah. To add another layer to it, there's a Czech accent for some of the cast. Well, there's like three almost, right? Czech yeah, and yeah. Dublin, and then Cork. And then Cork as well. Yeah. So yeah. it's yeah. gonna be wild. I'm excited. Mm-hmm. I'm really excited. Me too. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, so what we like to do, kind of at the end of all of our podcasts, um, because both of you have been here before, uh, but for some of our audience, they may be coming out from Kingston or Ottawa. Um, what is some place that you've really been enjoying while you've been in Gann um, that you're like, yeah, this is the place to go. This is the place is delicious. My go-to restaurant in Gann is Riva. Yes, Love Riva. It. Amazing Italian food. It's uh, as a half Italian myself, I'm, I tend to be pretty picky, and this place is delicious it's fantastic and if i only go one place like when i pop into town for something it would be there yeah and i think they have uh, a cool prefix like theater prefix menu that you can do too which is cool because that's great they're like yeah make sure you get there to the theater on time it's pretty cool pretty cool thanks chris that's huge any place that is like we know why you're here you're coming to see the show and set you up for that that's great um, I know for me, day off vibes are often the the pho hut. Yeah, pho yeah, hut. That's that's big for me, like a soup like that. Um, and then if I'm going for a walk, doing a little Pokemon Go around the town, I'm definitely going to that 
amazing purple coffee shop. I'm blanking on the name, but it's right there on the main drag when you go by. The Painted Turtle? The Painted Turtle. That, that's the one. Yeah. Incredible. No, they really have cool vibes. great coffee and scones and yeah. sandwiches and stuff. So definitely check those out while you're in town. Um, well, thank you both for coming and chatting with me. I Every time I talk to anybody involved in this production, I get so much more excited. I am like... <laughs> Uh, no, no pressure, no pressure whatsoever, but uh, I think it's going to be a really special thing. Um, and I'm really excited to see it all come together on stage. So thank you both for, for joining. Thanks thank for you. having yeah, us. Thank you so much. This was so fun. Awesome. Um, as always, we want to express special thanks to Mark Hunt for composing the Playhouse podcast music. This podcast is sponsored and produced by MyFM Gedanakwe. Many thanks to Carrie and the MyFM team for all of their help. And for more ticket information, uh, please visit us at thousandislandsplayhouse.com. Oh, and we always do this thing at the end where we say these words. Nice. We'll do one, two, three. Ready? Love it. One, two, three. See, See you at, at the, the theater. theater. Awesome.